This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Matt Addison, alongside me, Alistair Gold from Football.London. Here to look ahead to what should be a brilliant game of football at Anfield against Tottenham or a typical Jose Mourinho goalless draw. Liverpool in second place in the table heading into the next round of fixtures. Tottenham leading the way on goal difference. So is it too early to call this a title decider? Well, probably yes, but there's no doubt that it's a big one, not least after both teams dropped points last weekend. First of all, though, before we get into the talking points, Alistair, welcome along to the Blood Red podcast. How much are you looking forward to tonight's game? Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those that could go either way. Uh, I think it kind of very much depends on Liverpool. Um, if Liverpool coming out and attack, as you'd expect they would do at Anfield, then you could have a really good game as Spurs try and do their, their counter-attacking uh, stuff that they've been doing recently. But if it goes the way of uh, Spurs against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge a couple of weeks back, yeah, it might not be one for the purists. Yeah, I suppose that is partly down to Liverpool, partly down to Jose Mourinho, as I say. And I suppose he is the, the only place to start, really, in my eyes. A very different style of manager to, to Jurgen Klopp. But he seems to have got Tottenham doing something very, very right this season. He has. He has. It's kind of been two different faces to Tottenham this season. After the uh, pretty poor first game against Everton, they kind of woke up and suddenly goals galore. You know, you saw them scoring uh, five at Southampton, six at Old Trafford. I think they um, scored a bundle in the Europa League as well. Then they had a bit of an awkward game against West Ham where they raced to 3 0 up and then uh, West Ham pulled it back to 3 3. And pretty much since that point, it was almost as if Mourinho said, OK, you've had your fun. Uh, we're going to go back to my way of doing things. And it's been very much pragmatic, um, counter-attacking football since then, which has clearly done the job because they're you know, top of the league on goal difference. But some of the football and some of the periods of matches, you know, we saw it again against Crystal Palace at the weekend. It's been, a, yeah, interesting. I, I'd say perhaps Spurs not having 62,000 in the stadium every week maybe benefits them because they probably won't be happy with too much of the football, but they can't complain about where they are in the table. Is it exactly that? Is it one of those where as long as Tottenham keep winning, the fans will be happy with that? Or, or is there a sort of feeling even now with Tottenham that they'd quite like to be at the top of the table, but maybe playing a little bit more expansively? There's a bit of a split down the middle with the fans, to be honest. There's, you know, obviously you've got to understand and obviously Liverpool is seen with, with the great kind of heritage of winning uh, over the decades. I know it took a little while for the league title again, but, you know, it's, it's a team that's used to winning trophies. Whereas for Tottenham fans... It's been a while, um, so kind of seeing Tottenham on top of the table, feeling that confidence in games that they're not really going to concede as well. I think a lot of fans are thinking, well, it's a means to an end. Well, actually, you know, we could actually get some silverware and for the players like Kane and so on, people and Lloris that deserve that at the club. But of course, there are some, the, the traditionalists, that have kind of been brought up on a way of Tottenham football, which is very attractive on the eye, perhaps not resulting in much, but very different to some of the football they've seen this season. But I think he's probably just about got the balance in terms of Kane and Son have been so wonderful on the eye. It's maybe offsetting some of the more defensive performances. So I think that they're happy at the moment, let's put it that way. Without wanting to, to sound too harsh on, on Jose Mourinho, has he really turned the corner? Or is he really back as a, a real top manager? Or are you just sort of waiting to, to see what happens over the next few months before we can say that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there were points last season we could kind of see the old Jose Mourinho creeping in at times, especially when Spurs had all the injuries. You could see a slightly sullen nature to the way he was, but yeah, he's absolutely kind of flying at the moment. He's very much a happy Jose. Um, players are feeling that as well. And he's kind of doing the business. And I think you look at what's happening at Manchester United at the moment, I think people will probably revise slightly their opinions on Reno's tenure at United, you know, second and, and a few trophies as well. I think maybe the, the idea that he's passed it, I know some point of dinosaur, things like that. You know, the guy's top of the table. He's got the team absolutely playing the way he wants them to. Got a lot of respect from the players. Turned a lot of fans, I would say, who maybe weren't too delighted at having the former Chelsea manager in charge. Um, I think he's doing fine. He's doing fine. But like you say, it's a long road ahead. How do you think Spurs will play this one then? Do you think it's going to very much be a case of hitting Liverpool on the counter if they can, particularly because, of course, it's away at Anfield? Yeah, I I think it has to be. Very much the Tottenham blueprint against, you know, top six sides has been set this season uh, against Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea. They've done exactly the same thing, very much just sitting back, soaking up pressure. You know, fantastic defensive seasons, only conceded 10 in the Premier League, best in the Premier League. And then they'll hit you on the break because, you know, you know what Son and Kane can do and Dembele can suddenly turn the midfield with a, with a bit of a dribble. Um, yeah, it, it will be done in that way. Like I said earlier, it'll just be interesting to see how Liverpool come at it. I can't imagine Liverpool will go the way of Chelsea. Chelsea very much didn't push on too much, didn't take too many risks, kept their full-backs uh, back in their half for a lot of the game, and that resulted in a very, very dull stalemate. Whereas City and Arsenal just, just couldn't help themselves. It's not in their nature to kind of sit back, and that kind of fed into Tottenham's hand, and both games obviously 2-0 to Tottenham. And it'd be really interesting to see kind of what Klopp comes up with to to counter what has been a very effective tactic uh, kind of plan where especially you get the wingers, for even the wingers for Tottenham are almost like second fullbacks. It's a, it's a very strange kind of version of football, but it does the trick. Yeah, you, you mentioned Harry Kane there as well. I think it's 19 goal contributions now in his last 12 matches. There seems to be a fair few comparisons to Roberto Firmino at the moment because Kane seems to have developed his game into more and more of a complete forward, dropping in, linking the play. Obviously, Hyungman Son, beneficial, uh, a beneficiary of, of that plenty of times. But I suppose the thing that Kane has on Firmino is that he is still scoring it at such a high rate. He, he just seems to have taken another step forward, really, so far this season. He's been absolutely incredible. And, and to think some people said that he'd struggle under Mourinho, it's, it's anything but. He's absolutely gone in the other direction. He's probably playing the best football of his career right now. He's, I'd say, a strange player. He's a number six, a number eight, a number nine, and number 10, all wrapped into one this season. He can create. You'll find him making tackles in his own half. You'll see him making defensive headers in his own box. Um, and then he's up the other end and, and turning into, he's almost filling the void left by Christian Eriksen at Tottenham as well taking so much on his shoulders and, and you know the stats say all oh, 15 goals 13 assists in 19 games for Tottenham this season it's it's incredible numbers and everything is going through Kane right now and you can tell when he has a slightly kind of off game like against Palace obviously scored scored that goal from distance but pretty much for much of the second half he was quite quiet and, and that coincided and I don't think it's any shock with Tottenham's play uh, dipping slightly um, he's been phenomenal he's got a real 
relationship with Mourinho that seems to be working. And I think that confidence is feeding across the rest of the squad. And like you say, Son just benefiting from everything he's doing. He's always looking up to play him through. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of the best partners, currently the best partnership in the Premier League. And, and it's not far from being, uh, in terms of stats, the best um, combined partnership the Premier League's ever seen. I think they're four goals off uh, Drogba and Lampard. It's, it's, it's a great link-up. Yeah, Hume Son as well, of course, absolutely incredible. I think Gary Neville said on commentary during the North London derby that Hume Son would get into any team in the world at the moment. How impressive has he been? And do you agree with Neville on that? I think so. I think so. He's one of those where I think maybe Spurs fans have always appreciated him. Maybe has taken a little while to get his consistency, but he's always been one that rival fans have always picked out. You know, you see him in a lot of fantasy football teams, things like that. But I think... This season, perhaps, probably when he came back from an injury for the restart of last season, from then on, I think he's just, like Kane, has hit new heights. And, you know, we used to talk about Deli Alley and Harry Kane being the, the partnership at Tottenham, and it's now very much Son and Kane. Um, again, you know, the stats, 13 goals, 7 assists in 19 matches for Son. He's he's flying. He's he's such a live wire, you know. He's done well, I think. We, we spoke earlier about how the fullback, um, the wingers maybe have been had a lot of defensive duties uh, at Tottenham, but some, somehow managed to kind of shrug that off and do a lot of defensive work, but also be the beneficiary up the other end of the pitch as well. You just can't take your eyes off of him, really. Otherwise, he just runs through and runs around the back and, and he's in on goal. And he's so confident right now. He's pretty much finishing everything that comes his way. Yeah, I'm sure he's the, the big threat for, for Liverpool to, to watch out for. I mean, how would you compare, say, Kane and Son with Liverpool's players like Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, do you think there's a comparison to be had there in terms of how well they're doing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, obviously that, that Liverpool front three is one that's just been one of the best the Premier League's seen in a while. Um, I'd say it's kind of more of a unit. I think with Spurs with Kane and Son is certainly a partnership. Like I say, it's almost at times like, um, you know, nine defensive players it can be at times with those two just creating magic at the other end. Um, whereas, obviously, with Liverpool, it's slightly more of a, a fluid thing and it, it, those three can, you know, interchange. They can go all over the shop. Uh, probably, I'd say, obviously, Kane for Spurs has been doing it on a consistent basis, but certainly for Liverpool, that three have been um, doing it consistently now for two, three, maybe more seasons. Whereas this Son and Kane partnership, it's... It's kind of a new thing, which sounds odd, bearing in mind they've been playing together for four or five seasons now. But I just think the way they're linking up is different this season. It's almost it's almost like an attacking, like a strike, like an old-fashioned strike force at times. You know, Kane obviously pulling back and with Son going forward and becoming the lone striker at times. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say in terms of quality and talent, certainly a comparison to make. But in terms of the way they play, it's yeah, it's kind of a different beast. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red channel. And there's Gareth Bale as well to, to add into that mix as well. His role, I think, has been mainly in the Europa League this season. He's been on the bench a fair bit. Was it always meant to be like that? Or do you think he expected to, to come in and, and be a real star in this Tottenham team? Well, I think Bale and Mourinho will have us believe, certainly what they're saying, that that was the plan. Um, obviously, barely played any football for the previous year at Real Madrid. Didn't have a pre-season this time around and then picked up an injury on Wales duty, which meant he missed about, I think it was about four or five weeks when he first came in. 
And I think the idea with him has always been gradually build him up, gradually build up his fitness because the last thing you want is to bring Bale back to Tottenham Hotspur and within his first couple of games, opens up his legs, goes on a sprint and pulls a hamstring or something. And we know he's obviously had these injury issues. So they are taking it very carefully with him. You know, we, we touched on uh, Mane Firmino and Salah and the, and the comparisons. And I think a lot of Spurs fans hope that with Bale, Kane and Son, that was going to be their attacking kind of trident up front. Um, it's been a bit of a slower process. He missed the game against Palace um, at the weekend because he was ill. He had the flu. He's expected to be back for tomorrow night. But the problem Bale's having also right now is that Mourinho likes that defensive kind of other winger. So at the moment, it's been Steven Bergwijn who's been putting in incredible shifts in matches. He's, like I say, essentially a second fullback. And probably a couple of question marks right now whether Bale's quite at the match fitness and sharpness to do that yet. And also whether you can actually get him to do that because you know we know what the bail of Tottenham was and the bail at Real Madrid he was a flying winger looked to get up the pitch and, and asking him to do the job that Bergwijn has kind of done and sacrificed himself for the team I'm not sure Bale's at that fitness yet or, or mental state as they to do it right now but there's a lot of Spurs fans would love to see those two attacking trios going up against each other tomorrow night uh, tonight sorry yeah absolutely certainly a, a great deal of talent there as well and another Former Real Madrid player Sergio Reguilon at left back as well. He was one that I believe was on Liverpool's shortlist during the summer. They obviously ended up signing Costas Shimikas, and it does seem like Reguilon has become an incredible player, one who's far too good really to be a backup to Andy Robertson. How well has, has he settled in at, at Tottenham, and how much of a threat do you think he could pose for Liverpool? He's absolutely superb. Um, you know, from what I understood with Tottenham this at uh, the summer, they weren't looking to buy a left back, but they'd always kept an eye on Regalon. And when it became clear that he was going to be available for a decent price, albeit with a, this kind of a pesky buyback clause uh, in future summers, they, they just didn't hesitate. They went in for him and they've improved exactly right. He's just taken to the Premier League like a duck to water. He's flying fullback, but also probably most impressively for a lot of people, he's very, very good in defence. And he's only 23 years old, but... He's very capable of dealing with the physicality and the pace of the Premier League. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how he plays because after a real flying start and then getting up, getting a couple of assists in recent games, it's certainly against the bigger sides, he and Sergio have played a more withdrawn role, sitting in their own half, only breaking at times. There was one match a couple of weeks back when I actually saw Mourinho really shouting at Regalon because he'd gone on a run and lost the ball. Uh, it's clearly it's something that's it's not... Uh, it's frowned upon, let's say, let's put it that way, but he's a superb player. And uh, yeah, him up against, um, it'd be interesting to see if he gives him that little bit more license to roam and gives Alexander Arnold something to think about. Those two, you know, young fullbacks up against each other, it's that's going to be a fascinating duel. Yeah, uh, another fascinating duel in the, the centre of the pitch as well with Tongi and Dombele, who seems like a, a real, real player to me. Mourinho didn't seem to, to take to him to begin with. Liverpool reportedly looking at him over the summer. I don't think there was anything in that, but you can sort of see why they might have been linked with him. Has Ndombele managed to, to turn a corner now with Mourinho? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's, he's exactly the player Tottenham thought they were buying um, last year. He's he's just been phenomenal. He's he's one of these guys that everything he does is very instinctive, uh, natural. I mean, even just before he came off against Crystal Palace the other day, he just hit this incredible Rabona kind of crossfield ball uh, without even thinking. He just just approached the ball and saw kind of where it was, and and that's just kind of the way he plays. It's 
very natural, uh, very, it's like a bit of a force of nature. He'll just suddenly do a pirouette and he'll take two or three players out of the game. And for Mourinho, that's probably not on paper a Mourinho player. He doesn't like his natural instinctive talents. They're, they're more, you know, workers, um, aggressive players. Maybe someone like Giovanni Lo Celso is probably more of a Mourinho player because he's got the creativity, but also the aggression in the way he plays. And I think what Ondembele had to do was just essentially prove to Mourinho, I, I can be your type of player. You know, I can... His fitness levels weren't great. He really had to build on that. He wasn't used to the demands that the Premier League brought, and that took him a long time. Had a few niggling injuries as well that kept playing on his mind, and Mourinho kind of didn't quite trust him. And then, yeah, came back in the summer, and he's just been phenomenal. He's... You know, we talk about Kane and so on, but a lot of the kind of the fulcrum of Tottenham's attacks come from Tongi Ondembele just suddenly changing the play and the transitions and just switching Spurs onto the front foot. Um, and a lot of their counter-attacks come through what he does. So, yeah, that's going to be another incredible duel in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, another one to, to watch out for, for sure. How much belief is there among the, the Tottenham players and, and the fans as well that they can genuinely challenge at the top of, of the table this season? It seems, you know, going through all of these players, that there's a, a real individual bit of quality in every area of the pitch. And, and it seems to be coming together as a group as well. Yeah, I think there's probably... You know the way football fans are, and especially Tottenham fans. They they're not used to they're not used to having kind of a success recently. Um, even under Pochettino, you know, wonderful years, great football, but ultimately nothing at the end of it. And I think for Tottenham fans, there's always this nagging doubt that it's it's a temporary moment at the top of the table. But that's not shared by the players at all. There's a real confidence there. Publicly, they're not really going saying anything about the title they've got this very cliched mantra they keep all coming out with about it's just about the next game we want to win every game starting with the next game and it's just something Mourinho's drilled into them but you know they've brought in players like Pierre-Emil Hoybier who's such a midfield general they've been lacking and his whole mentality you hear him especially with less crowds you hear him out on the pitch driving them on the confidence the encouragement and this is a guy that obviously you know he was used to winning things at Bayern Munich obviously not so much at Southampton as a different kind of club but he's come in and I think he's quite a, a good kind of exemplifies the the belief in the club and, and what they believe they're aiming towards now. And uh, yeah, among the players, there's a real kind of quiet confidence is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I think Tottenham have only lost one match in all competitions since that opening day defeat to Everton. That's some run of form when you think they've you know beaten Arsenal and Manchester City, drawn with Chelsea, won 6-1 at Old Trafford. Even that 5-2 at Southampton, I think, is a, an underrated result as well. But I suppose the, the big question is, is squad depth. Liverpool have coped with injuries all over the place. But do you think Tottenham's, basically, their, their season relies on, on keeping those key players fit? Probably say, it, to, for certain players, yes. Obviously, you can't replace Harry Kane. He, he's a phenomenal player. Um, but what I would say is this probably is the best depth Tottenham squad's ever had. Probably in my memory, I'd say. Because um, even with Kane... They do finally now have a backup striker in Carlos Vinicius. It's taken years to get one, but they finally got one. And he's he's looked bright. He looks like a target man. He looks like he knows what he's doing. And he's he's done well in the Europa League. And then you look at the fullback slots and Regalon Aurier, you've got um, Davies and Doty ready to come in as well. Um, in the midfield, you know, Harry Winks and Deli Alley can't even get into the, the squads, let alone teams right now. Um, every position, there's another player that can come in. They're attacking options. You know, uh, Lucas, Lamella, Bale aren't even getting on the pitch. Um, Lamella's should be back from injury pretty soon. And yeah, they just, just seem to have options everywhere. I'd say 
quite inexpensively as well in the summer. Spurs went about their business and they developed a squad that will be able to deal with with quite a lot of injuries. I think they had such a nightmare with injuries last uh, year, well, the start of this year, losing Kane, Son, Sissoko, Bergwijn, Lloris, all of these players are out and they, they really struggled. And I think they learned their lesson and I'd say they've probably got one of the strongest squads now in the Premier League. Just before we finish then as well, a quick word on Marine. Obviously, a huge tie in the FA Cup for the Merseyside-based club. Is the FA Cup something that Mourinho will take really seriously this season? Or do you think he's probably just got his eye on, on the league a little bit more? I think, I think he's looking at silverware. I think he's he's really playing down the Premier League. Um, I remember him doing very similar at Chelsea when he first came back to Chelsea. And it was said it was all about the next season. And he's kind of acting that way with Spurs. But I think... Certainly in terms of the cup competitions, even in the Europa League, he hasn't really, obviously, like I say, Spurs have got another strong, almost second eleven they can put out, but he's sprinkled it often with quite key players. You know, Kane started games, Hoybier started games, Loris has started a couple as well. He is really going for these trophies. I think with uh, Mourinho, he's a bit like Brian Clough used to be. There's always been this sense of, if you get the first trophy, get it in the bag quickly, and then the rest will follow. Build that winning mentality. And Mourinho definitely is a guy that feels uh, seems seems to give off that aura. Um, and the Marine Cup tie, you know, it's it's magical. It really is. My, my background before I started covering Tottenham was covering non-league, and, and I covered some clubs that are at the same kind of level in the football pyramid, uh, the non-league pyramid, as Marine are. And just... Knowing, I've spoken to a couple of people at Marine already, and the buzz that there's in within that club, it, it's incredible. And and Mourinho's already said he will respect it. He will take players that those you know fans and people watching on TV will want to see take on Marine. So it will be a properly a magical night in the FA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly one to look forward to there. But for now, though, Mourinho and Tottenham only focused on one thing, and that is the game against Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool tonight. Certainly some fascinating battles to look forward to at Anfield. Thank you very much to Alistair for joining me. The final question I'll just throw you away quickly is to ask for a score prediction. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Liverpool win. I think a scoreline I've gone for quite a lot recently, but I do think it's going to be very, very close. What are you going to go for? I agree it's going to be close. I'm going to go for a 1-1. Well, we'll see what happens. And, of course, you can follow it all across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red, including the debrief at the final whistle and then the post-game podcast with all our regular contributors shortly after that. For now, though, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of the build-up to the game. And from myself and from Alistair Gold, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.